Diversion Audio. Rat race got you down? Show business is full of legendary double acts. Lennon and McCartney, Scorsese and De Niro, Mary-Kate and Ashley. In 1993, MTV gave us another iconic twosome to add to that list. He says his name is Cornholio. The hell kind of a name is that? I don't know. It says he's from Lake Titicaca. Lake Titicaca. Agua for my bunghole. Will you find out what a bunghole is? You are a bunghole. <laughs> we were on a break! Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. I've never been. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha! Hello and welcome to the shows we watched with me, James King. And me, Emily Johnston. We celebrate the biggest shows in TV history, your favourites, our favourites. But do they always stand the test of time? Over the next half hour, we'll find out. Yes, we might be two journalists from opposite sides of the Atlantic, but we've both got very square highs. And this week, grab your Metallica t-shirts. In fact, Emily's wearing a Led Zeppelin t-shirt. I'll change that. Grab your Led Zeppelin t-shirt, pop on your dental braces, and get ready to have zero success with the opposite sex. This is basically my teenage years we're talking about. Uh, Emily, what is the show we watched this week? Beavis and Butthead! Oh, yes. March the 8th, 1993. That's when the original series of Beavis and Butthead debuted, ran for seven seasons couple of revivals as well one on paramount plus right now movies as well created and voiced by mike judge who's had this amazing career went on to make office space king of the hill silicon valley emily where do you want to start (laughs) with beavis and butthead did you watch this growing up (laughs) oh i have to start by embarrassing myself oh wow okay where are we going with this (laughs) i was not allowed to watch beavis and butthead (sighs) What? <laughs> okay, let's unpack that a little bit. So you you were at home yes. and somebody, a parent, I presume, said you cannot watch this show. Actually, I'm pretty sure that the, both the parents both had the talk of like, if one comes to you, right. we got to be prepared. Nobody yeah. say, they were in agreement on this one. And I don't even think my 17-year-old brother was allowed to watch this. So he was your older brother. Yeah. Or, yeah. So so everyone was watching it. You knew about it. Kids oh, yeah. at school were talking about it. Yeah. You wanted to watch it on MTV. Yeah. Your parents presumably had heard something, read something. And they said, not for our young, innocent Emily. Well, I have to start by telling you that I'm a Southern girl. So yeah. came from the South and I feel like they were handing out leaflets on these things back then. <laughs> right. you know, in grocery stores, you got your groceries, and then you got a leaflet about what you should be telling your kids not to do. Right. Uh, it was very much, or maybe a PTA meeting. I don't know. Yeah. But it definitely was something that was on all the lips of the parents. Wow. About 
not only that, but garbage pail kids. Oh, yes. Those were the two things that I just remember as a young 13 feeling like I was left out of the pack because I couldn't watch Beavis and Butthead and I wasn't allowed to have garbage pail kids cards. So I was devastated by this, especially because I was so into music. Yeah. And I remember trying to reason with my parents and telling them that really it was just, and this is, I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but my dad used to love Mystery Science Theater 3000. Right. Yeah. So I was saying that basically it was just a kid's version of Mystery Science Theater, which in reality it kind of was. Yeah, so that was people watching uh, an old sci-fi movie, yeah, right? They, yeah, and commenting on what they yeah. saw. So this is Beavis and Butthead watching MTV yeah. music videos. Exactly. And, you know, obviously they didn't accept that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of it was also what videos were they watching Yeah, and what were they saying. And, and so I very naively went through life without Beavis and Butthead. But did you just watch music videos on MTV? Well, MTV, I remember I had to sneak watching MTV for a long time. Right. And I really feel like I, I'm and coming out of the South and coming into the greater world. Yeah. It was only when I discovered that I was very alone in that right. that so many other kids had these great experiences. And I actually, when I was preparing for the show, called my ex-boyfriend, who is a, a music critic. Yeah. And of and used to be the lead singer in a heavy metal band. Yeah. So I called Steve and I said, listen, I need some intel here because I'm a 42-year-old woman coming back to Beavis and Butthead. And I'm a little confused. Finally, I'm allowed to watch it. <laughs> I know. But it's so, I mean, the number of dick jokes or um, how they talk about women. Like, obviously, in 2022, we live in a very different place. And there are a lot of details in their commentary that maybe wouldn't be as prevalent in today's society. But there, I was really taken aback by just the absolute sheer genius in what the show was. Yeah. And how nobody had really done that or taken music videos and you know, propelled them in that way forward. And I, the more I was researching it, the more I was like, this is, it was a cultural phenomenon yeah. that I was not lucky enough to partake in. And I feel like I'm not a fully grown adult because of that. <laughs> so do you, have you phoned your parents? And no, told they're them hearing doing... about this right, right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. What are they called? Debbie and Fred. Debbie and Fred, come on. No, they're like, I'm sure they're going, yes, and look at what a nice lady you've turned out well, to that's be. That's true. Yeah, that, well, kind of true. <laughs> and then uh, I started dating a heavy metal musician, and they're like, <laughs> well, I should have let her watch to be was a butthead, and she could have gotten it out of her system then. <laughs> and I guess they, obviously, they were abrasive and uh, as two characters, and they were controversial, but it's one of those things, and this, I mean, this is such a debated area of, of culture, isn't it? where I believe Mike Judge, the creator of Beavis and Butthead, was having a laugh at these two guys. Mm. They, they were, we all knew people like that. Maybe you went to school with people like Beavis and Butthead. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and he was affectionately taking the mick out of them. Um, but, of course, you would get people watching that show not appreciating the, the satirical side of it and just going, I want to be like them. Yeah. And that happens so many times when you do something that's satirical that yeah. some people don't see the satire. They just actually start hero-worshipping these people yeah. and go, yeah, I want to be like that. I want to copy them. Um, and, you know, it's, well, well, does that mean we can't make those shows because there are plenty of people who appreciate it for its satire? Or yeah. do we just have to worry that some people will misinterpret it? And it's, I mean, this is a debate that's been going on for years, isn't it? And it's still going on Are you talking about the fire today. episode? 
the fire episode, which they they constantly Beavis and Butthead constantly kind of joke about <laughs> in future episodes, don't they? Because they they were banned, yeah. from using the word fire, and so the, and so in <laughs> they always try to use the word fire in other episodes, yeah. just to or try they and, use like words that were close to yeah. fire or something, <laughs> and it was ridiculous. But do you know the story of what happened? Why it was banned? Um, you, just remind everybody. Okay, so I'm, I'm I remember this very loosely. Yeah. Um, that it was something about a trailer burning down and a kid had watched Beavis and Butthead yeah. and he was playing with a lighter. That was the story. Yeah. And then apparently it all came out that, that, that actually none of that was true. Right. But regardless, they the the whole media attention around it made MTV ban Beavis and Butthead talking about fire because they were pyromaniacs. Yeah. They loved fire. So they were used as scapegoats, really. Yeah. Um, but it's... I mean, it's the show is ridiculous, and it, I suppose it's easy for us to sit here as forty-somethings looking back on those '90s shows and going, "Well, who would take that seriously? They're ridiculous <laughs> shows." But <laughs> you know, teenagers. like I said, there there are always some people who don't quite get the subtlety of the gag. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but I and I do think that even though they were very abrasive characters, <laughs> certainly not people you'd particularly want to hang out with them. Oh, God, there no. is there is a joy to be had, and I certainly enjoyed this back in, in the 90s, of watching those kind of slackers, of yes. watching those idiots. The slacker phenomenon. And there are so many of them, whether mm. it is Bill and Ted or, or Wayne and Garth or whoever. And and and, and uh, Beavis and Butthead were the edgier side of that. They were yeah. the more unpleasant side of that. But there's still something similar that all of them have, which is they somehow find themselves as heroes. They sort of amble through life, but somehow find themselves as, as in some cases, saving the world or, yeah. or just, you know, uh, finding, I mean, Forrest Gump is not of that ilk, of course, yeah, but yeah. he is the sort of classic idiot savant, isn't yeah. he? He just finds himself by accident almost yeah. in these big situations. And I think there's an element of that of Beavis and Butthead. They just, true. they're such idiots. Yeah. They really have, <laughs> they're so useless at everything. And yet, because they're so useless and so uh, just unaware of everything, yeah. they just stumble into all these big situations Ignorance and all these big moments. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And, and I do think that there's something really enjoyable about watching that. And that's kind of the whole uh, slacker phenomenon, mm. why we love them so much, why yeah. we love Bill and Ted, who were just useless at school. <laughs> so but, useless. but then they end up sort of saving the world. And, but it is crazy though, James, because there were so many slackers yeah. in this period. And I know it was it was the 90s, it was grunge, it was yeah. kind of, and all the politicians in America, of course, like they used all of these, it was almost like everyone in Hollywood got together and they're like, let's just piss off the politicians <laughs> yeah, yeah. and make these people that are useless the heroes of this generation. <laughs> but it does seem a little strange that they all came in that same period of time. yeah. yeah. Like there was an agenda it's, that we didn't know was happening there. No, um, and, and a short period of time. And, and maybe because we were kids in that era, just a year or two seemed like ages. Mm. But actually looking back, they were all really close to each other and overlapped yeah. with one another really. But always blokes. And I, and I wonder whether yeah. that's like sexism in Hollywood that it was always just going to be about blokes because mm. of the attitude, the prevailing attitude, or whether actually... Their women just didn't slack as much. They were more conscientious. I don't know. What do you think? About I would that? say the closest you would get would be Clueless. Yeah. As a slacker. Yeah, but she's a glamorous slacker. Yeah, I mean, she? she's she's glamorous, but she's yeah. still like the most naive person on earth. That's true, yeah. But she's the only female character that I can think of yeah. that would run in the same, same era yeah. and the same kind of ignorance is bliss theme. 
but I can't think of any other females. I never thought about that before. They're always males. And and I and I do think that they're probably quite disturbed, actually. Beavis <laughs> about it. I mean, do you uh, think? <laughs> I mean, Beavis has his alter ego, doesn't he? Cornholio, who's kind of. If so, they, I swear to God, any mention of a hole <laughs> and like black hole sun, my God, that was painful. <laughs> so, but ultimately, if we looked at it really like clinically, this yep. is a guy who probably has some kind of personality disorder. Obviously, there are very um, serious debates that were had at the time and still people are having them about uh, disaffected youth and juvenile delinquency and violent behavior and all those kind of things. And you could absolutely put all those things onto onto Beavis and Butthead, as you said, people were at the time. But for me, it's it's kind of like South Park as well, which again was only a few years afterwards. Mm. It is so stupid. It is so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you could take it seriously. It makes political points, of course. Yeah. But I don't know how you could ever think I could do that myself. I, you know, there's a realism there. It's, there were so many instances. Though. I think yeah. there was another one with a bowling ball. Right. Because I don't, don't Beavis and Butthead throw a bowling ball off an interstate or something? Oh, yeah, right. They do something yeah, with yeah. a bowling ball. Yeah. Anyway, then there was another incident with the teenager with a bowling ball. I mean, it, there were just, there are a lot of little things. But uh, in the mainstream media, I mean, I can't even imagine what would happen today with that. Yeah. As far as it blowing up on social media, that a TV show has sparked this, like yeah. literally sparked a trailer. But it is so interesting. And I, I really wish that I had about like 10 more weeks to look into this because... It is. It, I feel like it was such a cultural phenomenon, but I feel like there was so much happening behind the scenes of it. Yeah. And with Mike Judge as well. Um, and I also am so, I cannot believe he voiced both characters. Yeah, and brilliant. And so many other characters as well. It's insane. He's like Seth MacFarlane, like the yeah. first iteration. Yeah. And they're so different. You would never listen to those voices or, or you know, when it's the teachers and things like that, other pupils, yeah. and think that's all the same guy. No. He's um, so good. So good. We will talk more about Beavis and Butthead shortly. And of course, we do our regular feature, Whatever Happened To. Whatever Happened To, you might know the answer to this one, one of Beavis and Butthead's old schoolmates. Do you remember Daria? Oh, yes. It's all coming up. This is the shows we watched with me, James King. And me, Emily Johnston. And now we're looking at Daria Morgendorfer. <laughs> what a surname. <laughs> what a surname. Of course, originated on Beavis and Butthead as their smart-ass female high school colleague. <laughs> Just a wonderful voice, isn't she? This kind of monotonous voice. So good. Tracy Grandstaff is the, um, the actor who voiced her and, and still voices her. And she was put in there by the creative team, really just to show up mm. <laughs> just how idiotic these guys were yeah. and to, to be this kind of cool female voice in there. And then, of course, and we've talked about this before on the show, I love it when a small character becomes something bigger and yeah. blows up into their own cultural phenomenon. She went and had her own spin-off show. I think the plot was that her family 
moved from Highlands, these are all fictional Highland, towns. Highland, Texas. Yeah, where... <laughs> where uh, Such a random place for Beavis and Butthead to be. <laughs> it's where they, that was set, and then they moved, she moved to, let's place Lawndale, and, and started afresh, started her own show, uh, and did 65 episodes of that. There are a couple of TV movies Amazing. of that as well. So we really did, at that point, not that you'd know, because you weren't allowed to watch these, but <laughs> we really did, at this point, <laughs> seem to be in quite a golden age of of satirical animation and and uh, MTV very much at the forefront of that. And uh, another great spin-off show. I love, this is a great kind of quiz question, isn't it, about spin-off shows. Where does this character originate? People Ooh, always forget that like Mork and Mindy was from Happy Days yeah. and things like that. And they're all the Mary Tyler Moore spin-offs. And Frasier, of course, probably the most famous spin-off. Daria was a spin-off from Beavis and Butthead. And maybe everyone else in the on the planet remembers that, but I was actually I'd, I'd forgotten. I'd I didn't surprised. even know. Yeah, I was surprised. But I have to say, actually, that what I find and and again, I'm coming at this now with a fresh set of eyes because yeah. it's the first time I'm watching it. But now, having watched Beavis and Butthead, I feel like they made Daria quite an asexual character because literally every woman with boobs or yeah. legs yeah. that was present on their television show set had to be mentioned or yeah. in some way, you know, sexualized. So I, I almost wonder if Daria wasn't, uh, maybe asexual is in there. What, I don't, do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So she just was, sort of not as like, I don't even want to say not hot, but just not something they would drool over. Yeah. And she, but she was, that's why she was the coolest one on that show. Yeah. And that's why I think she became a phenomenon and had her own show. And had her own life and people still loved Aria. Yeah. Because actually it was never about uh, how she looks. It yeah. was about her brains and her attitude and the things that she said. And was a great antidote to Beavis and Butthead. I love both of them. I want both of them to exist. But <laughs> but they really were chalk and cheese, weren't they? They were so chalk and cheese. You want to talk about the music as well, because the music is so... Um, such an important part of Beavis and Butthead. Obviously, they in each episode they had their antics and they got yeah. up to all kinds of stuff. Plot yeah. is perhaps too <laughs> too much of a word to describe what was going on, but there was a storyline. Uh, but music was a huge part of the show, wasn't it? Yeah, like seventy percent. It felt like. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't know the exact yeah. scenario there. Was it seventy thirty? Was it sixty forty? It felt like it was the majority of the show, right? Yeah. And I have to tell you that. As I'd been banned from watching it, and the only thing I ever saw were visuals of them wearing ACDC and Metallica t-shirts, my impression was that all the music they were going to be watching would be heavy metal or rock. Yeah. And I was so pleasantly surprised when the first episode was Olivia and John's physical. <laughs> and they and, love that. <laughs> well, no, it sucked. <laughs> this sucks. Like, and I just I was really surprised at how nicely. It, 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 was, it was just a little bit of everything at yeah. the time. And when I was watching it, my PR mind kept going, God, record executives must have been like chomping at the bit to get their record, their videos yeah. in front of Beavers and Butthead. But at the same time, sitting back going, oh my God, I hope this is okay. And that they don't absolutely slam it because you read back onto what people were saying about these two guys and they were calling them the best music critics of that time period. Yeah. So kind of what Beavis and Butthead said went. If it sucked, it sucked. If they were headbanging, you knew you were onto something. Yeah. And so there was a direct correlation in charts at the time. And I was so impressed with that, actually. And even the, their commentary was nothing of great brilliance. Um, and I did make a note, actually, because... 
when I watched the review of Radiohead's Creep. Now, I saw you post on Instagram, actually, about how you've been <laughs> listening to Radiohead's Creep over yeah. and over again. And I yeah. thought, I bet that's got something to do with Beavis and Butthead. Well, yeah, because I hadn't heard it in a really long time. And I think a lot of that was because uh, my ex-boyfriend used to say, God, I mean, they don't even play about shows anymore. They hate it. <laughs> and so I think I got that in my head. And so I, I just, just wasn't listening to Creep. And then I it came up on when I was watching Beavis and Butthead. I was like, oh my God, what a great song. But their commentary is actually brilliant. So I just want to read this to yeah. you, okay? So, um, <laughs> Beavis says to Budhead, don't worry, it gets cool in a, mirror, in a minute. Here it comes. Yes, yes, rock. So obviously <laughs> Creep kind of starts yeah, out melancholy. Yeah. And then, yeah, they do. They rock. It's a headbanging opportunity. And then Budhead responds with, how come they didn't play that cool part through the whole song? <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> um, if they didn't have like a part of the song that sucked then like the other part wouldn't be as cool <laughs> it makes sense and you're like Beefus and Butthead have just made sense of creep <laughs> like, how is this and I, I I sat there in disbelief and because they don't show you the whole video yeah. I was like well then I just have to go listen to the whole song and I kept listening to it on repeat and all I could hear was Beefus and Butthead See? in the background and then seeing them do their yeah. headbanging thing it's, it's like what Wayne and Garth did to Bohemian Rhapsody oh my god yes you know it becomes and I'm sure this happened to a lot of people because of watching Beefus and Butthead yeah. you totally associate a song with them and I'm sure it introduced a lot of tracks to people as well. Mm. Um, and there's something, isn't there, about shows where the characters are just watching TV and yes. um, the family guy, they do it quite a lot. Uh, Friends, they do it as well. There's some Brit British shows, which like, like Gogglebox, it's oh a British God, show, yeah. which is basically, I mean, it's a reality show. It's not, not a, a drama, but it is literally just people watching TV and us as the viewers at home listening to what they say about the TV shows. Yeah, just listening to their commentary. It's Beavis and, and Butthead in real life. <laughs> exactly. And and I do think that we're perhaps at our sort of most natural in a way, our most relaxed when we're just sat on a sofa watching TV because we don't think anything we're saying is going to go beyond these four walls. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the genius of Beavis and Butthead, isn't it? It is just two guys. As we've, I mean, I've done this with my mates. Yeah. Just sat watching TV, watching music videos, and just sort of chewing the fat about it and, and saying nonsense, but you think it's absolute genius and on occasions it sometimes is. So it, <laughs> it sort of allow those moments really allow us to, to get to know the characters because it's them at their most natural, their most sort Would of Would you say vulnerable? Free. But I don't know if Beavis and Butthead were ever vulnerable, really. I mean, I think... I just love it. I just yeah. really want the sentence to be composed <laughs> with the vulnerabilities of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember when um, it was uh, Joey and Chandler did it on the Lazy Boys, didn't oh, they? And God, Friends yes. watching Baywatch. Oh you know, my God, the yes. credits to Baywatch. Yeah, and that's re that's essentially Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, really, with, with tongues It's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, in the Beavis and Buttheads, I think it's a Beavis and Butthead movie, or it might be an episode. They sort of mentioned Baywatch in that, and I'm just thinking, you know, this was <laughs> forget Beavis and Butthead and Friends. We're yeah. going to do an episode on Baywatch because oh that's the, that's a cultural landmark. But, I mean, but I, I don't know if they would make it through Baywatch. I'm, ju I'm just wondering what we would do now. And there is, you know, there's new episodes of Beavis and Butthead, so it'll be interesting to see. Because we, I don't know if we sit around watching the TV as much. Okay. Um, certainly not as families. Yeah. And if you are 15, 16 years old, like Beavis and Butthead were meant to be, 
aren't you just going to be watching that on your phone or your tablet? You're not going to be sat on a sofa watching a screen in front of you. No. Um, and it's a very different experience. It's probably much more of a solo experience, isn't it? Rather than being with your friends. But here's the other interesting thing that I just thought about with you saying that, because obviously music videos aren't, they aren't really a thing yeah. anymore as far as like, well, obviously we know MTV it's just is not reality music shows. television yeah. anymore. Yeah. It hasn't been for decades. Very, very distressing. Yeah. But this whole idea of of music videos being something that came on randomly. Yeah. So you unless you're watching a top even the top charts show actually, you yeah. didn't know what was coming next. Yeah. So it was sort of like listening to the radio with music. You just it's very different. Now we stream things. So music we stream, videos we stream. So there is no randomness to this. Yeah. It's it's Whereas Beavis and Butthead, you did get the impression, well, they're just watching MTV and you never know what the next video is going to yeah. be. And so their response, you would see the video that they're about to watch. And sometimes they would have a commentary very early on. And sometimes you were just waiting for a bomb <laughs> to go off because you're like, how have they not said anything yet? I can't stand this. And the randomness of it is what we lack today. Yeah. And that's what I found was so seductive about that show. Obviously, yeah. it wasn't random to the creators, but that whole... A recreation of what we were getting with MTV. Yeah, they weren't choosing the videos to watch. No. They were just waiting for whatever came on. Yeah, which I loved. I, yeah. I really missed that in all aspects of our life. I feel like it is sad. So when I was thinking about when they were recreating, I'm like, well, how are you going to do this? You're going to stream it, but then you have to type in what you want to watch. Yeah. They're constantly going to be <clears> typing in Metallica. Well, yeah, if they can choose what they're going to watch, they're not yeah. going to watch any Olivia Newton-John. Whereas I would type in Olivia Newton-John. I mean, that, <laughs> I'd be the opposite. I mean, um, they do this brilliant for, I can't remember what it's called, but you know, they did like a short series before it was a series. Yes. So Mike yeah. Judge, I think it was like the Leapfrog or something. Yes. I can't remember yeah. what the title was. But one of the first videos that they reviewed was Millie Vanilli's... Um, Girl, you know it's true. Girl, you know it's true. I was yeah. about to say, blame it on the rain. <laughs> Another one of their classics. <laughs> and then, and it's so brilliant because it's years after the whole debacle of, yeah. you know, the outing of the fact they never sang anything. Yeah. And Beav I'm not sure if it was Beavis or about that. I get them very confused. I'm not sure I really understand who's who even now. But one of them said, this is so real. I think it might be live. <laughs> and the other one's going, these dance moves are amazing. And they basically are just constantly talking about something that we all know to be in later years completely you know untrue yeah. about Millie Vanilli but they have this naivety to them and the fact that they're not Millie Vanilli listeners <laughs> so they probably have no clue like and they're 16 they're not gonna be you know yeah, yeah. going through the papers to see that <laughs> Millie Vanilli is actually a completely lip-synced band so I just there were little moments of just sheer brilliance but I also wonder as a 13 year old would you appreciate that or as a 16 yeah. year old or however you old you were when it came out because Mike Judge wasn't that age when he was making it no. he had a maturity about him Beavis is blonde by the way and butthead is the uh, is, is, is is the uh, brunette? Okay. So, in that respect, you are. I, I guess you're probably the butt head to my Beavis. Oh, I probably geez. slightly, we went there, didn't we? slightly lighter head than you. But oh, yes. I have to be butt head. <laughs> well, you want to be Beavis? Is that better? Oh, you could be Daria. Yeah, I mean, whatever you want to be. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'll be butt head. It's cool. <laughs> Emily, the butt head to my Beavis. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Speak to you next week. Speak to you next week, James. If you'd like to send us an email, a voicemail, a comment, an idea for a show, or just want to say hi, our email address is theshowswewatched at gmail.com. Theshowswewatched at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, and we may use your message in a future show. Find us, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're at Diversion Pods. 
Personally, I'm James King Movies on Instagram. Emily, tell me about your socials. I am at Emily Jane Johnston. That's everywhere, right? That's <laughs> everywhere. Insta, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> All the social, MySpace. You still got that? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> the shows we watched is a production of Diversion Audio. The season was written, researched, and hosted by me and Emily, um, and our supervising producer and sound mixer is Mark Francis. Concept by John Tuttle. Head of Marketing, Erica Farmer. Original theme music by Tyler Cash. And we're all recorded at the Vox Pod Studios in London. And a special thanks to our executive producers, Jacob Bronstein, Mark Francis, and Scott Waxman for Diversion Audio. Ta-da! Version audio.